I haven't met too many people or engaged with too many people that um, uplift my energy and not drain it. So, um. what up, y'all? This is Panda AOD, and with me today is a special guest. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Morgan. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan is a longtime friend from Dayton, Ohio. Um, We have known each other since. Elementary Valerie. School. Yeah, Valerie. <laughs> That's crazy in the room. Yes. Nate also has been around <laughs> since Valerie. That's dope. And yeah. today is a dope day because um, I am interviewing two Stivers grads and also people who, with you, I've known you my whole life with the young lady coming in, Alana. I have not known her my whole life, but I feel like the fact that she has graduated from Stivers and the body of work she already presents is just like, amazing so i'm i'm really into this hometown like i don't know what you call it hometown hometown highlighting of like dope stuff especially from our generation because you hear so much growing up how dayton is falling apart how everybody is moving away and now we're to a point where it's like we've been the generation hearing it and we're like doing something about it Mm -hmm. so let's talk about you (laughs) because (laughs) you moved away to Mm -hmm. la Mm-hmm. And when did you move? What year? Um, it was about what was two thousand fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Something yeah. Like that. So you graduated in oh eight, and mm-hmm. then you were in Dayton until fourteen, and then moved to L A. I was in Columbus for oh, yeah, a Columbus, couple of years. I always forget that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because when I was about to move to Columbus, I was geeked that you lived there. You were like, yeah. oh, I'm about to move to L A. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what were you doing, like, after high school? Um, so I uh, worked on campaigns for mm-hmm. a while um, and, and did that work um, in Dayton. And then I got, I got my social work degree, did home, continued in home care. I had, my family had a home care business, mm-hmm. and so I was in that work since I was, like, 15, 16. Um, I never knew that. I yeah. always knew that y'all was, like, a pretty legit family. I was like, they they got it going on. But yeah, I never was a, knew I had a home healthcare business. Yeah, it was a multi million dollar company. Um, Crazy. There was an office in Columbus, dialysis center, pharmacy, and then my mom ran the one down here. My dad ran the one up there with my aunt. Um, Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, so I got my social work degree, and then continue working campaigns did I did social work and home care for a little bit that didn't last too long and then I did children's services which is what I had specialized in child welfare Mm -hmm. um that was traumatic oh can I I curse yeah okay that was traumatic (laughs) as fuck I'm gonna say so how is that because I know so many people who go into social work and Mm -hmm. that's involving kids a lot of the time and it's rough for them like I hear so much it's trauma yeah I for me I started to realize one I was extremely depressed Mm -hmm. um i was eating just bullshit gained like 30 pounds 30 or 40 pounds when i was there got type 2 diabetes and that was my wake-up call because it was like oh wow this this job isn't just like this is affecting more than just 
you know what I mean? Like it was affecting my life, like my, my well-being. My, it was like life or death for me at that point. And I was like, and I was like 24, 25 when I got diabetes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I was like, I have to make a change and I have to make it now. And that was the year I decided I was going to move to California because I was like, I just have to go. Yeah. Um, I originally thought I was going to go out there for law school, but <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no. That's funny. With um, your whole journey, it seems like what you think is about to happen, it's like, nah, girl. No, no, you thought, you thought. Um but for me, what I've realized is that social work is still in my heart. And mm-hmm. that's really what I think of as w- the work I do now. But I just don't take the traditional sense on it. Yeah. Because what has happened is, um, I feel like I got I got lied to. You know, I got tricked just like everybody else with this American <laughs> dream bullshit. And, you know, social work is sold as this. This is how you help people. And it's like, no, yeah. what it is is a, it's a traumatizing of people and ourselves and um especially when you work within the system and it really is the system that has created itself to profit off of the very trauma pain and oppression that it has caused itself that's how it keeps going and it's just re-traumatizing those Mm -hmm. same folks generationally to keep it running and it's really fucked up and i just couldn't be a part of it anymore yeah um Mm. because it literally it literally was killing me yeah um And we were talking about that yesterday. We were like, um, I was telling Nate how one of the big issues in the wealth gap in America for colored people, I won't even say colored people, but black and brown people. People colored, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. color, I just hate, when you just say mm-hmm. colored people versus people of color, it just leaves a, a weird thing. It's you because, of, you know, we used to get called colored yeah, back in the day, yeah. so you know. But I mean, colors are good. But. Yes, hey, <laughs> but, the spectrum yeah. is. <laughs> so the wealth gap, um, a part of that is like I was telling him, is just white people securing the bag. And when I say them mm-hmm. securing the bag, as in literally locking the bag down, like mm-hmm. they create these streams of income that work uh, built off of oppressed people and once they got it and they had once you get control of the wealth you have control so if you give up control of the wealth you lose more control and that's why mm-hmm. there's so there's so many people against bridging that wealth gap and even if they did it the reason why we, it's hard to do it is how do you convince someone to give up the money that they and that's that we can't convince when we gotta take it bro right. <laughs> and that's where i'm at like um i think too is going to be really important for us as people of color moving forward um and just ex- expanding i hate that whole like um linear concept but um we have to reframe how we think of wealth mm-hmm. um What's that one guy? He is so controversial. He says some really fucked up shit, but he says some good <laughs> stuff too. Oh, what is his I name? You knew, oh, I want to look him up. I know he was on the Breakfast me. Club a couple of times. Doctor. Oh, Umar. Yes, Umar. Umar Johnson. Umar Johnson. Um, but he talks about you yeah, know the he idea says a of a lot of facts. Yes, but, but he, he is very I mean, controversial. He's, he's Hotep as fuck. So yeah, I was about to say he's yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Yes. Um, <laughs> but he he talks about to me. If you don't have control over food sources, number one, you have to control your food. If you can't supply your own food, you can't survive. So, like, that's the first step. And that's why I'm really passionate about the work I'm transitioning into because um, my I feel like my purpose here is to help people become help with myself, myself Mm -hmm. included, um, become Mm -hmm. more sustainable and not just about um, food 
but also how we treat the planet because the real for me colonization is not just about the oppression of people but is literally the oppression of our planet yeah it is killing our planet we're killing animals for consumption when we don't have to do that anymore we are not fucking neanderthals i mean it just is what it is and two um i really believe this is a is people want to you know people don't like to get into faith and spirituality and religion and stuff but i really feel like Every physical implication, there's a spiritual implication yeah. behind it. Or physical like, action, there's a spirit all day on this podcast. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and um, the reality is, you like us as a as a globe have been sold the um, the colonization lies, mm-hmm. and part of that for me, I've realized is um, the consumption of meat. It, it clogs the body. It it it. Um, <sighs> It does. I, I mean, for me, I'm it does. Working. I can't. It, hey, it's a it's a progression because mm-hmm. I I went back to eating mm-hmm. meat for a few months this year, mm-hmm. and it really. I'm. At first, I beat myself up about it. After I realized, like, no, oh, this, no, why did I do this? Yeah. I fell for it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized I had to go through that to to stand strong in my conviction about that. Yeah. Um, because I started to feel slower again. My mind started to feel foggy and. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I can agree with and that's the reason for it for me because some people think when you want to cut meat out or you want to diet or whatever because I don't diet traditionally no but I, I do change bullshit. up yeah like I eat cleaner and whatnot mm-hmm. when I don't I feel like shit yeah. and I really do feel like shit most of the time now because I'm on and off because mm-hmm. I work in the office so now it's more so my consumption of coffee yes but like and sugar mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the hardest one yeah. sugar and then I when you work sugar. in the office not, you have to constantly about. eat to keep your energy up or that's what i do so mm-hmm. i'm working on that but i mean man i think that um i think diet in general controlling what you eat and where it comes from is very important exactly and you spoke on uh almost have or having type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. what was that journey for you because i remember when you found out you had that and you were going through a complete diet change and all that. And I know you said something to the fact of your diet change attributed to your health mm-hmm. becoming way better. So what was that journey for you? Okay. Real quick. I just want to clarify. Um, I am not dissing people who eat meat. And let me say this. <laughs> if you are a person that is one with the land and you kill your animal and you give praise over it and gratitude that's something completely different versus the way most folks eat meat including myself how i used to eat it you know it's mass produced (laughs) these animals are in in cages cages. they're depressed they're literally depressed and anxious and killed in the state of that and then we eat that and then we wonder why we have depression and anxiety no and i agree with you (laughs) you know yeah um okay so for that it was you know again at children's services working like 70 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. going through the drive through all the time because i'm constantly in my car um not even necessarily constantly yeah not even necessarily constantly but also not eating a ton but when I would eat I was like binge eating because I hadn't eat all day and um so that's kind of how I got to that state and then once I got the diabetes I had a wonderful physician um and he offered me um education classes Mm -hmm. at um there's actually a the bull family diabetes center I think is what it's called here in Dayton Mm -hmm. um and they provide classes um to help folks who get diagnosed and that was like kind of my first step so I just started eating um spreading my meals out throughout the day doing like snacking every two to three hours Mm -hmm. um and I stopped eating out for a long time like I didn't even want to I was just terrified you know I was like I just want to get this under control and in less than a year it was gone that's amazing yeah (sighs) 
and and um you know even i remember even my doctor i asked him i was crying you know when he told me even though i, got, I already knew um because my mom had checked my sugar that morning oh my god oh i, oh, yeah, I guess i should talk about like that super health right you know so <laughs> yeah it was like with the two weeks before i got diagnosed i had lost like 15 pounds i could i was drinking water constantly these are signs mm-hmm. um i could not drink enough to quench my thirst like i was drinking like two gallons a day mm-hmm. peeing constantly but I, even even though i was drinking that much water i felt like i was um urinating even more mm-hmm. um and then I was just like really foggy. And I remember having the conversation with my mom and my sister who are both nurses. And I remember when my sister was like, Morgan, I think you have diabetes. And she's like crying. And oh my God, um, that's crazy. Yeah. To be in a family who's like, like very like awake to that stuff mm-hmm. medically, because mm-hmm. then it's like, it's even more hard to ignore it. A yep. lot of times in our community, we ignore health issues yes. because we just shake it off as it's just, oh, I'm having an off day or mm-hmm. I don't feel good. And then when you know something is wrong, you're more so taking to Google and trying to do right. self-care, <laughs> Web self-treatment, self-treatment instead of going to the doctor. Yeah. So that. And let me, let me say this. I don't even think most doctors know what the hell they're talking about, unfortunately, because of the system that they've learned from. But I do think it is important to um, at least, like, check in with them using their testing to make sure you're on the right track for whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, but, again, I had a wonderful doctor. Oh, so that morning before I went to the um, doctor, my mom's like, let me check your blood sugar before you eat anything. And um, my blood sugar was, like, over 300. Ooh. Which, if, if you don't know, um, 100 fasting blood sugar is diabetic so to be over 300 I was like my mom like my mom instantly started crying she was like how have you been walking around like this and I was like I don't know um so I ended up I had to take insulin for a few weeks just to get it under control I was on like four or five prescriptions I think it was insane Mm -hmm. um but even like after a month I went down from like four or five prescriptions to two and then by six or eight months later I was nothing and my um a1c a1c number is the number that measures your average sugar blood sugar for the last three months um healthy is like five range when you get to six to seven that's like "Eh, okay yeah you need to do something because you 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 got diabetes now um I was at 14 yeah so it was it was intense but thank goodness for like diet change and what it can do yeah. for you because i, I started exercising reverse diabetes like i yes. did not and know that, that exactly okay and i remember <laughs> asking my doctor i was like so am i gonna have to take this medicine for the rest of my life which I, even in hindsight i was like why the hell did i even ask him that because i already knew the answer and he was like <laughs> unfortunately yes and immediately i was like no i'm not and he was like excuse me i was like i'm not gonna have to take this the rest of my life i'm gonna prove it to you right and a year a year later, my you know checkup, I, my A one C was at five point six, and he yeah. was shook. Until this day, I tried to contact him um, to let him know, you know, what my story has been like, and I think he got out of medicine. So I mean, I don't know what That's happened crazy, there, but, but when you think about it, like for these doctors to already assume that you'll need medicine for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and for you to be able to prove him wrong, the one person out of probably many that have, what is the like? consensus among doctors as far as like when they deal with patients who get these diagnoses and just telling them things like that because why is it so easy for you to disprove that I think the reality is a lot of folks ain't gonna like this but you know what take this hard red pill 
Um, the pharmacy. The whole it's a it's a scam, bro. The pharmacy. Every and I'm <laughs> hopefully nobody start coming after my ass for this. The pharmaceutical, <laughs> they all in bed. Government, they're all in bed together. Every disease that they have created is curable. I don't give a fuck what any of them say. Wow, I'm drinking a Mac frappe. <laughs> it's okay. It's you okay. gotta have them indulgences. But the reality is, it's not gonna kill you because. Yeah. Anything, like I said, any ailment that the body, mind, soul encounters is curable and detoxable. Mm-hmm. So um, from that, th- from nature. Yes, from absolutely. Plants what we have been given by God. Exactly. <laughs> For every ailment you have, there is a plant that can counteract it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is they know that, but they're not going to let. They're yeah, not going to sell that to people. Too, with pharmace- uh, pharmaceutical treatment or with pills and stuff. How do you... Most of them are supposed to be created from plants and mm-hmm. created from things that are from the earth. Most of them aren't supposed to be. There's some that are like obviously created in the lab, but how do you, how do we even begin to have medicine? Growing in ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> and um, that's the thing, you know, part of that colonization, um, what I, you know, equate to white culture a lot of the time. And just because you, and let's be clear, white culture does not necessarily mean white folks. Because this is yeah. a lot of brown and black folks that are white as fuck yeah. in the mind. <laughs> um, unfortunately, but it's brainwashing. Day, like, there were brown, black and brown people and people, any person of color who were, who were um, on the census papers or when they ask you your race. There were a lot of people who checked Caucasian and mm-hmm. were legally caucasian and they got a lot of perks from that except for when you step in front of somebody and they're like you're not white Mm -hmm. and the story that this guy told and i have to look up the documentary but he said there was a woman in a um, grocery store and she refused to speak to him she was acting funny towards him a a dark-skinned woman he's a dark-skinned man and she told the woman told him you can't speak to me i'm caucasian <laughs> Ooh, child. And he looked. He said, "I looked at her and was like, but that's the thing is like that's how brainwashed. That's the system we come from. Mm-hmm. Like back then, people were adamant and did not care. We're not ashamed to say I am white or I want to be white, and they clearly were not. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, still folks out here doing that. I mean, you know, look at the bleach skinning fa- uh, craze. Yeah. Um, but again, that's really why." A lot of my journey has inspired this new transition of career for me because um, I have just really empowered myself in so many different ways, especially in the last three to four years. And I know that's a huge part of the 20s, you know. Um, yeah, it is. As I'm approaching 29. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for 30. 30's me too. I'm, I got a little way, but I ain't that far behind. <laughs> no, not at all. Um because I do feel like I have collected more wisdom and really in, in practicing that in my life. And so um, one thing that having Girl By, which was a, a blog I had, I started when I was in L.A., uh, not only did it, like, really make me go, oh, right, yeah. I'm not supposed to be working for people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, like, supposed to be creating um, myself every day. Um, it just really made me see like what like the power of um sharing testimony and so that in conjunction with empowering people with tools which is what i've gained in so the skills i've gained in social work and just Mm -hmm. like planning implementing that kind of thing um 
is really kind of where I see my life headed yeah. at this point. And you are still doing Girl Bye, or have you? No, I stopped. I haven't, like, officially announced it because Aww. I think I know. But I'm <laughs> I'm not going to stop writing. I think what it is is that the, the last – well, I guess I could say this now, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last post I did was something I hadn't done before on that, on that blog, and it was tell <laughs> – I probably would talk about such personal things now, yeah. hindsight, um, but I talked about – a girl I had met in LA and you know, I get infatuated, not infatuated. I just fall quick. <laughs> um, I, but I had you never felt, always. yeah, I never <laughs> felt that way with someone, uh-huh. um, at that point, you know, well, no, even like that was unique. Me and yeah. that was a unique situation. Anyway. So I like told that story about how that love felt for me. And I made a playlist that went with that. And I also, well, I had been making playlists for the, a few blogs before, but that, those were more like, um, politically inclined. Mm. And that one was just like super personal. And I really enjoyed storytelling that way because music is such an important part of my life. Like I, like I listen to music every day. So girl by was more politically driven. Um, I wouldn't say that it just has started to get that way because that's kind of what was going on in my life Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, cause that was the time, you know, um, where we were seeing so many folks being killed in the news on a regular basis. I was in LA, so I was protesting a lot, organizing protests and, um, I remember it, seeing your post. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <I> pray for <laughs> Yes. And engaging in that way. So it was just like what, um, was going on in my life at the time. But I've realized for me, that is also a trick of the system and it really to get you, um, emotionally invested in all of the shit that they sell distracted yeah it's just to to distract you and drain your energy and keep you in that um cycle of depression and anxiety so you be so you don't have the clarity to think about how do i not be a slave anymore right (laughs) um liberation through the mind yes absolutely (laughs) um so what what i've been working on and thinking about how to implement, because I also don't want to get into a, um, the same structure I had as Girl by where I'm like forcing myself to create in these yeah. time frames. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> it, it just kills the creation. It, I yeah. started just writing stuff just to write stuff, and it didn't feel, yeah, you know. Um, so I, I think I'm gonna start writing about music again and incorporating mm-hmm. that into like what's going on in my life and like this yeah. is what I'm literally listening to. Like um, a lot of people don't know, I went to Oakland recently, mm-hmm. um, but I'm gonna put that story out there. And I <laughs> like I was filming a lot, and I'm gonna like start yeah. vlogging and stuff. Yeah. Because um, people also, I think, um, have a perception of me that isn't accurate based on social media and it's because of the mediums I think I was using Mm -hmm. and so for me to be able to do like this kind of thing where I'm like talking you see my face you see because um I think a lot of people thought I was just like this super angry um I wasn't balanced for a while like mentally just because of yeah I mean what was going on in our country um but it's like no I'm actually a fairly calm person (laughs) and um you're very passionate. I'm very passionate. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I try to be as mindful as possible. And, um, yeah, so I think showing who I actually am in in that storytelling way and using multi-mediums to do that mm-hmm. will, will um, be more authentic to who I am. Yeah. Um, so, right. yeah, I'm, I'm looking at – I'm you know what? I'm going to plug her. Um mm-hmm. 
um ariel yes she (laughs) um is local she created um uh, a system called curified where content creators can you know give whatever like provide whatever kind of content they want for their followers and it's a subscription service so your followers nice. pay 2.99 a month nice and um that's nice and yeah because the reality is is that content creation like we all a lot of us are you know want to create content and put it out there in that way mm-hmm. But I personally, for, I can only speak for myself. I don't want to get money doing that by, um, I don't say I don't want to profit off of that through advertising dollars because yeah. that's not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, hey, you appreciate the work I'm doing, compensate oh, me, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the thing is, I money is one of those things. It's an energy that we work with now. Uh, I hope one day we get to more of a bartering system. Um, but the reality is that's what the energy we work in right now. So like show people love and, and yeah. contribute to their, to their passion and their yeah. creation in that way. A few dollars a month is nothing. 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 And when you build your followers, that's still nothing for them, but it gains you to a point where you can just continue to grow that. What exactly. They, what they already indulge in. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's where, and that's kind of, and so I think that's kind of, I'm going to incorporate that with another project I'm working on with a friend. Okay. Um, and that's so, all I'm going to yeah. ask you is so. What brought you back to day in one and what are your plans? And I, I, I hate plans because I don't want to be static to like, oh, give me a map of what you have right. going on. I feel but you. What, what energy or what space do you find yourself in? Um, so, again, like I was telling you earlier, I really feel like I got called back home. People have asked me several times, like, um, why'd you really come back home? <laughs> um, even some people thought me and my roommate had got into a fight and I was like, why would I come home for that? Because right. of that? <laughs> it must be hard to find a roommate in LA. <laughs> no. Well, um, my roommate was actually, we worked at children's services together mm-hmm. she, um, is an aspiring model. So, um, I had been out there for a year and then she came out afterwards mm-hmm. and you know, so that was awesome. Um, but I had got a vision. It was like, you know, in, spiritual twitter community we call them downloads and it really <laughs> felt like that i was i remember i was laying on the on my floor um i had just smoked it was <laughs> it's legal out there it's legal out there um and i was listening to janae echo's trip album it had just came out that week and um i just got this intense download of like oh yes we're all one and, and and this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I had already been thinking about a farm that vision had kind of come to me and like so I had been trying to learn how to grow in LA but it wasn't happening like every time I try to make it happen it wouldn't come together and I don't think it's because one I don't think I'm necessarily supposed to be growing now mm-hmm. um I've realized that and two I wasn't supposed to do it in LA mm-hmm. so when I came back home um I just started immersing myself in community gardens and like food work that was being done here um and the path has just kind of (laughs) kept falling into place ever since I come home and um I was like okay yeah I'm supposed to be here and it's lining up for me so at this point what I see for myself um I am again I must be working with Hall for Hunger initiative um with the Alliance for Hunger group um and that's food equity work. And I think that that that's going to be, that's exciting to me because it's not um, really defined. This is like a very baby 
Yeah. Like it's not even a toddler that's organization. Exciting. That's yeah. exciting to be within organizations and companies that are like growing. Yes. And so I feel be there and it's just like you you are a part of that. Yes. And my role, I feel like Your it's value. a Mara Vista. Yeah. So it's super adaptable. They're just like, we're just glad that you're here for this very small amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm excited to like help them define really what that organization will be. Yeah. Um so that I'm doing that. Um Again, a lot of people don't know this. I am starting yoga certification, my yoga teacher certification okay. in September. Um, and then I I recently started a consulting firm that... Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is the focus is really... It's permaculture design and marketing. Now, what I mean by permaculture design is really just sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um how what first of all what does that look like for us and how do we implement these things in our individual lives and also like through businesses um and for me like i know permaculture design heavily focuses on food Mm -hmm. and uh creating systems within your like agriculture and land to Mm -hmm. um that are eco-friendly and not destroying the, bi- like that, that embrace the biodiversity mm-hmm. of the land that you're mm-hmm. working on. Right. Um, which c- conventional farming has not done. Yeah. And that's why our soil is so fucked up mm-hmm. and a huge part of like climate issues. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that it's all about the soil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, having experienced life in America as a queer black woman, it's, that's a part that's a part of it it's a huge part of it but it's yeah. a part of it for me it's also about how do you sustain the mind how do you sustain the body yeah. um and so that's like yoga has something was something that i got into yeah, in california nice. yes it completely changed my life yeah. and for me because it's it combines um the physical movement with Mental. with the with the meditation and the breathing alone yes. like you don't understand how helpful breathing yes, is like yes. oh my god when I first did yoga and it was the breathing exercises I was like this is amazing <laughs> it really <laughs> it's is it's like going like some to some like even doing yoga in your house is like going to like some peaceful place that you envision in your head like some destined like beach land nobody's there sitting mm-hmm. on a rug and you're here in the ocean like that's literally what you bring yourself to or what I bring myself to when I'm doing yoga in my yeah. living room yes. just by breathing mm-hmm. and clearing my mind yes <laughs> yes it really is and well let me say this too um not only is it great for meditation but I have I'm always been a really good dancer mm-hmm. but I can really fuck up a dance floor now <laughs> like <laughs> People don't be ready. They don't you be never, ready. You never stop dancing. Oh yeah, y'all left that night. Um, y'all, Girl, y'all missed out. Y'all missed Girl, out. Girl, we was tired. We was beat. <laughs> Shout out to Mariah though. Shout out to yes. Mariah Johnson for the work she's doing and uh, Darshil. I don't know Darshil's last name. Do you? Uh, um, we're just gonna K A U R. Okay. Oh, I can't think of how to pronounce yeah. it though. I don't want to. It's cool because uh, I plug everybody. <laughs> on cool. their social medias but Darshiel and Mariah did an amazing job bringing people together to conceptualize and talk about ideas to improve dating to come together and also building up each other's ideas so mm-hmm. their last gathering is tonight which you guys won't hear this interview by then but if you went out to that gathering you're awesome and <laughs> she's doing dope shit so yes. shout out to her hey um but Morgan 
speaking of, and even oh, your journey, like through finding, I guess, I don't know if the correct term is finding, but when you came through your journey of, I guess, identifying as queer, mm-hmm. you have a lot of a, you have a whole like catalog of identification that people can like pin to. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people who can identify with you. And so many people who I think can appreciate your journey because not only your spiritual journey, your health journey, mm-hmm. your journey into like finding your or identifying yourself as being a person who is a black queer woman. I think that that is enough of a smorgasbord <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right there. But it's crazy because we are getting to a point in, so, in society and culture where people are understanding more of respectability. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I think as much as we respect each other and we do, um, we do, uh, I guess respect is the, a good enough word. We respect each other. We don't necessarily understand each other. We don't understand people's journeys or we don't understand like exactly. People can understand the word queer, but they don't understand like that a queer person is their journey is the, what makes their journey different from someone who's straight is just the acknowledgement of what it is to be queer or mm-hmm. even just understanding that you don't have to put yourself in a box to yeah. be queer, to be straight, whatever, like we are beings. Yes. And so I think your journey highlights that a lot because you are very, you were very open when you were like, yeah, I'm queer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I am. And it was one of those things too, where <laughs> I didn't really like, I, I think it's always been there. Cause I remember even at one point talking to one of my best friends, Juliana. Um, and Shout I was like, Juliana. yes, yes. <laughs> Stivers in the house. Hey. Um, I remember talking with her and I was like, you never thought boobs were exciting when you were younger. You know, she was like, no, Morgan. And I was like, I should have known. Yeah, and, but there's a boundary, too, because there's girls who, like, did think boobs were exciting when they were mm-hmm. younger, but they don't identify as queer. Or there's right. girls who find girls attractive, but they're not attracted to them to that extent. So right. it's just like. We're all on a spectrum. Yeah, spectrum. And, <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, for me, um, and even, like, identifying as black and queer and woman, those are things that. It, like just just saying those words kind of gives you a snapshot into who I am but I always exactly. say before anything I am Morgan yes you know mm-hmm. um and I it's just really for me love is just fucking love and whoever comes into your life that uplifts you respects you supports your dream and like is intentionally wants to co-create life with you mm-hmm. that's like that's just the dream for everybody and like yeah. We all are souls living in a physical reality in this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And um, the reality is none of the body parts matter yeah. at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So I re- like I would date and it's not even just, I would literally date anyone yeah. as long as those <laughs> like our core values aligned. There was respect um, and patience and the communication was right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. And I, that's why, I mean, I said all that to say exactly what you said is that's, that's your perspective on things. And mm-hmm. that's why you are so valuable into the creative community into the young community, the, or millennials, quote unquote, <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you're so valuable as not only, uh, 
not only Morgan, just the creative fun Morgan, but a thought leader, I feel like. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel like that's what we are, though, when we are intentionally putting this content out. Mm -hmm. So many people are picking up a camera, picking up a microphone Mm -hmm. on social media, but what are you really saying? And it's not that you have to come with, like, an initiative of, oh, this is what my issue is. This is what I'm going to attack. Yep. But you're living through intention, and you teach through that journey. And I think that was um, in my in my growth journey, I think a lot of people like don't fuck with me anymore. And Mm. that's totally fine because (laughs) I didn't come here to be the same Morgan as I was yesterday. I came here to grow every day. For me, that is the whole purpose of coming to earth. So, um, for those who fall off, shout out to you because you make the journey that much more. You you create, (laughs) you create a lesson for me and, and, and really empowering me and non-attachment. And, um, I, again, it's like one of those things where most people, when they don't rock with you anymore, it's like just a reflection of the inner, their own inner work. Yeah. Um, and it's not, that's not a dig. It's yeah. just a reality. And I am, you know, for folks in astrology, <laughs> I am a um, tropical Capricorn and a sidereal Sagittarius. And so I really feel like I embody those two signs really well and um, super determined and, um, about the work as a Capricorn, but as a Sagittarius, I am super adaptable yeah. and just really free flowing. And mm-hmm. so I allow myself the space to change daily. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, again, I feel like that's what I'm here for yeah. and to be of service to, to other folks. Yeah. So in myself. Yeah. Well, I thank you for coming. Thank and you I'm for so glad me. that we finally got to sit down and have this talk because we have so much more talking to do behind the scenes. Yes, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) but I freaking am so glad this interview happened. Me too. I have been watching your journey on Twitter for a long time, even to the point where when I got locked out of my Twitter, you were like one of the first people I followed on my new Twitter. Oh, nice. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I enjoy your tweets. I enjoy what you put out there and I'm excited for your content. Thank you. Even if it's not in the direction of Girl Bye, because like you said, you're, you're doing a whole different type of vibe. So... I'm definitely thankful and blessed for this interview. And is there anything you want people to know before you leave? Anybody you want to plug? And where can we find you on social media? Okay. Um, I want to say, if you're in the Dayton area, over the next year, I'm in like beta phase for mutualism consulting. So if you are interested in herbalism within your home, implementing a garden, or um, implementing more sustainable practices, um, my main focus in this first year is herbalism and yoga. The, the goal is really just to build upon the skills every year. Um, so if you're interested in any of those things and want to work with me, um, hit me up at mutualismconsulting at gmail.com. You can follow me personally on social media at uh, Miss Morgan underscore hood on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I'll just say that for now, I think. Yeah, um, you guys can find other things, like chains of things from her social medias from those pages. Yes. Oh, and I want to shout out, because eventually people will know kind of what we're working on. I don't want to talk about it yet because it's not fully fleshed out. But follow my friend Jessica. She is at weatheredwood on Instagram. And she's not on Twitter so much, but her Twitter handle is at so, yeah, so S-O, and then it's like Y-E-A-H-H-H um because she's gonna be a huge part of what kind of comes into the future as well dope and as always guys if you're listening to this interview you know where to find us but it's aob media group on instagram on twitter you can find me at panda underscore army of dreamers and facebook um 
Army of Dreamers has their own page, uh, AOD Media Group. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. <laughs>